The reading this morning is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, and starting at verse 15. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. It's a true story from the Bible, it's nice and short, and it shows something I love about Jesus. I love this about Jesus, the way he welcomes people into the kingdom of God simply because they receive from him. That's the picture here. It's a beautiful picture of the way that Jesus, he, he, he just asks us to receive the kingdom of heaven like little children in order to enter into it. So let's walk through a story. They were bringing their babies to Jesus to place his hands on them, okay? Why do you think they wanted Jesus to place his hands on the babies? Probably to bless them, I think. Maybe to say a prayer, maybe it's just like a symbol, like shaking hands is a symbol of welcome and friendship. And this is the important person blessing the children, blessing the, the tiniest children. But what happens next in the story? So when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. So who's going to be grumpy disciples? Any volunteers to be grumpy disciples? <laughs> The grumpy disciples were like bouncers on the door. And they wouldn't let the, the, the people bring children, bring babies to Jesus. Why do you think they, why do you think that, I mean, I, we were, go on, grumpy disciples, why would you be stopping these people coming to Jesus? Why, why would the grumpy, why were they, they weren't called grumpy disciples, they were just said the disciples. But why were they trying to stop Jesus having the babies come and all the people bring him. What do we reckon, Tolly? Probably didn't want to bother Jesus, he's a really important person. Distraction, something like that. And probably, the reason I asked the question about who's the most important, what would they have thought about the, the babies, the children? They probably wouldn't have thought they were that important. You know, the grown-ups are important. That's what they would have thought. But what Jesus does, he says, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And you think, wow, okay. He's saying that children are an example to everyone in the crowd and to all of us today. Why do you think that is? Why, why is it that Jesus picks out the children and says, they're the ones that you should be focusing on? Any ideas? What is it about children? Well, the thing about the future, which we've said already, but as I say, hopefully, even, even the oldest grown-up is going to last a little bit longer. So actually, we've got to work out how to be the future together, young and old, haven't we? So it's not that they're the future... Any other things? There's something really good there. So there's an openness to receive without the, 
Well, yeah, it's interesting actually, because questioning and questioning is part of our understanding. And actually, children do do children ask questions. Does anyone brought up children that go why, why? So actually, children do ask questions, and that's a perfectly good question, isn't it? Why? Yeah, you've asked that. I asked that. I think we all do, don't we? Why, mummy? Why, daddy? Why, granny? And um, so actually we do, but I know what you mean when you say don't ask questions. Actually, are willing to accept what, if they, if they trust an adult and the adult tells them something, then they go, all right then. Or more to the point, if the adult gives them something. Do you see verse 17, what it says? Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it so the picture is as we've just said there that children are a great picture of receiving and so I didn't bring a massive present to give to one of you today which is my bad really because it would have been a great visual aid but the thing is if I said you know I had a box of I don't know something really cool and I gave it to you you'd probably go yeah alright yeah, thanks. Well done, you've been well brought up. You'd remember to say thank you. Uh, but actually, the whole point is that children are going, yeah, all right, thanks very much. And God is saying, Jesus is saying, that that's how we've got to be with his kingdom. We've got to go to God and say, oh, thanks very much. Thank you. If you want to do this in my life, if you want to say this into my life, if you want to... If I need my sins forgiven because you say so, well, okay, okay, I I do. I want to receive that. And that's the amazing truth of the message about Jesus and this word grace that um, summarises it, that actually Jesus does it all for us and then gives it to us as a gift. Because what I want us to do, just for another few minutes, is to really think about this a bit more deeply. We've looked in Luke 18 at the children, our role models of receiving the kingdom of God, like little children. But I want us to also, if you've got the page open, page 1052, Luke 18, to look at the three adults either side of the little children bit. Two of them are in a story Jesus told, and one of them is a man that Jesus met. Let's look at the man first. He, we're told in uh, verse 18, Luke 18, verse 18, he is a ruler, someone in charge. And um, it emerges when he gets talking to Jesus, he's also very rich. And he wants to be in the kingdom of God. He goes to Jesus, verse 18, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He wants things to be right between him and God. And he and Jesus have a conversation and then Jesus says, verse 24, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Because if you've got lots of money, it's hard for you to become like a little child. How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. So, the four pictures from earlier, which were used,
For at least two of those people in those pictures, it's hard for them to enter the kingdom of God, isn't it? Maybe for all four, we just don't know how much money the uh, families of those, those two children have got. But we definitely know that two of those people have got lots of money. And it's really hard for them to be in heaven. Do we feel that? But that's what Jesus is saying. Only, if you look on to verse 27, it does say, uh, with humans, this is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Everything is impossible with God. Everything is possible with God. And the lovely thing is that there's good evidence that Her Majesty the Queen um, is someone who believes in Jesus for herself. That she does have a personal faith in Jesus. Well, how did that happen for Her Majesty the Queen? It happened because she became like a little child. At some point in her life, she realised, I may be the Queen of England, but that doesn't make me more important before God. I also need to humble myself and ask God to forgive me for the wrong things I've done. And the wonderful thing is, as I said, there's good evidence that she really does have a personal faith. And the lovely thing is that uh, even though it's hard for people with lots of money to let go of that and to let go of their position and their status and to come before God humbly like a child, it, it seems that the Maj- Her Majesty of the Queen has done that. And so she's received the kingdom. And it's the same for you and me. That we need to let go of things that might be holding us back that we might be holding on to instead of God so that we can come humbly. And the man that Jesus met in Luke chapter 18, he didn't. He he actually became very sad because he was very wealthy and it's as though his hands were already full. He had them full of money and he was holding on to them. The other thing about this man that Jesus met is that um, he he was what other people would call a good person. Um, uh, Jesus, at the right at the beginning of his conversation, they end up talking about, well, what, you know, who's good except God alone? And Jesus is trying to make him think about the idea that, well, you may be a good person compared to other people, but are you really good? And Jesus is prodding away. But that's what other people thought about him and would have said about him. They would have said, oh, yeah, he's a good person, you know. He probably did donate a bit to charity. He was faithful to his wife. At work, he was really moral, the kind of person you would say, oh, his word is his bond. That's the kind of person this man was. And you see, I think that's the other other side of why he went away from Jesus, sad. It's because, as well as trusting his money, he trusted that he was a good person. So if push came to shove and he didn't, didn't bother with Jesus, God would still accept him, wouldn't he? Because, well, you know, he's a good bloke. And Jesus says, no, no, that's, that's, that's not. There's no one good but God alone. That's not going to get you to heaven. Just trusting being a good person compared to other people. And the reason that's so important is that many of our neighbours in London, that's what they're trusting. They're trusting the fact that they're pretty good compared to everybody else. And they're hoping, well, that, that'll be enough for God, won't it? 
And Jesus says, no, no, we need to follow him because only he will get us to God. And anyone who will not enter the kingdom of God like a little child, anyone who will not receive it like a little child, will never enter into it. The other two people are in the parable just before um, Jesus um, talk, uh, meets these little children. He tells a story about two men. One's very proud when he prays to God. He's a Pharisee. And the other is not even looking up to heaven. He's just down on his knees. He's a tax collector. And again, you see, the Pharisee, he was a good person. And not only was he a good person, he was a religious person. And so he would have thought, well, look at me. God's going to accept me, isn't he? I'm good. I'm religious. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Don't make that mistake either. Don't think God will receive you because of that. It's not being christened or going to church a certain number of times in your life, whatever that number is, or saying certain prayers. In a, in a, it's not those things that make a person right with God. They're what someone does once they become right with God. The only way in is this way, to receive like a little child. It's only God's grace, his undeserved kindness to us. We need to become like little children with empty hands. The man on his knees in um, Jesus' story, he's a tax collector. He does not need convincing that he's done wrong. He's, he's in, um, in collusion with the Roman army. Everyone would have hated the job he did and hated him for it and would have told him so or let him know anyway. He knows he doesn't deserve anything from God. He doesn't even look up to heaven. But he does come to God and he prays, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, yes, that's it. He's the one, like a little child, who gets it right. He comes to God with empty hands. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. How about you and me? Is that how we come to God? Is that how we come to get this gathering of church this morning? With empty hands saying, God, I need you. I need you as much now as the first day I heard about you. I need your grace. And thank you that it's there for me. Thank you that it's grace, unmeasured, vast and free, which we've just sung. Do we know that? Have, have we done that ever in our lives? Have we, have we consciously been like little children, saying to God, I need you, have mercy on me for the wrong things I've done. And come into my life, fill me with your grace and your forgiveness. And there's a little booklet that I'll, I'll, I should have had in my pocket, but I'll wave afterwards, uh, called Knowing God Personally. There's lots of copies on the way out on the right-hand side. We'd love you. If you've never really thought, well, gosh, have I ever made that response to God? Uh, we'd love you to have a copy of that, because that will sort of guide you uh, in how you might do that. But for all of us who, who know that, and uh, we, we know that uh, wonderfully, Jesus has died for us, he's forgiven us, do we live each day like that? Each day thinking, gosh God, I need you today. As I wake up, 
Lord, thank you that there's grace for me today. Thank you that you're with me today by your Holy Spirit. Thank you that as I go to school, as I go into a day of the holidays, as I go out to work, thank you that you're with me. Uh, The second verse of the uh, song, Grace abounding strong and true, that makes me long to be like you, that turns me from my selfish pride to love the cross on which you died. That's the way that grace, as we receive it each day from God, changes us. That actually God changes our hearts to love the things he loves and hate the things he hates, to become more like him. Well, that's the second of our little series this summer. What do we love about Jesus? Um, It's the second one I've chosen. Yeah, I don't know why it's done that. It's all right, we can still read it. What do we love about Jesus? Well, what I love about Jesus is the welcome he gives. And, And the wonderful, wonderful truth that he accepts those who will just humble themselves, become like little children, and receive his kingdom. That it is actually all of grace. That the strength to follow him is all of grace. That the reason I'm sure I will be in heaven with him forever is because I'm 100% confident in his grace to get me there. And you can say the same, and I hope you are saying the same this morning. It's wonderful. It's there. I want everyone to know it. It's there for all, if only we'll receive it like little children do.